in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. Those who are newcomers um, to the church this year and you haven't attended a newcomer's meal, we have one today right after church. So come down and enjoy uh, a meal together. Miss Ashley Swingler put together a wonderful meal last time and is putting one together this morning. And I don't see her, so she must be down there cooking. So when you see her, pat her on the back and tell her job well done. I'll do that as soon as I eat my potato and salad and uh, sour cream, etc. I even understand that a good friend of mine, uh, Joyce Bogger, left me some dessert behind from the other day. So uh, I'm good to go. Another good friend of mine called me this morning and said, uh, you want me to bring some meatballs and lasagna? I said, absolutely. I said, I'll eat that during the uh, Super Bowl. So Charlotte Powell, thank you. Appreciate that. God's people take care of God's people. That's very, <laughs> it's all right. All right, I better start preaching at now this morning. Matthew chapter six, starting at verse nine, is uh, where we're gonna continue as we're getting close to finishing going through the model prayer, the Lord's prayer, the richness of this prayer that Christ gave to us to help us pray. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is us talking to God and prayer is also us listening to God. Prayer is relationship. And I thank God for the privilege of prayer. I can pray right now. I can pray tonight. I can pray in the wee hours of the morning. I can, I can pray when times are good. I can pray when times are not so good. God has given us the beautiful thing, the beautiful concept called prayer. And I thank God that his line is never busy, nor does he slumber or, or sleep. But his ears are open to hear our prayers, the prayers of the righteous. But this morning, I want to talk about some things in our, on our end, on our individual side of things, that can clog up our prayer line. God's side is always open. God will never disconnect. God will never clog up his, his line. He will never give a busy signal. But there are things, biblically speaking, that we can do that we shouldn't do or practice that we shouldn't practice that will clog up our prayer life and, and will, will pollute our prayer line, if you will. So I, I want to preach the message this morning. Don't forget to forgive. Don't forget to forgive. That's where we find ourselves in, in this passage today. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So I wrote down when things get clogged up, maybe it's a barrier, maybe a blockage, maybe it's something that is, it's whatever it is, it's stopping the flow. Maybe it's stopping the flow of water or, or fuel in a, in a car or maybe speaking about a heart, maybe stopping the flow of, of blood. But when things get clogged up like a fuel line or sink pipes, or worse yet, a toilet pipe. That's a stinky situation. Or maybe it's an artery in a, in a heart, but, but a blockage, something that can clog up the flow of something. And this morning, we're going to talk about things that can clog up our flow of conversation, of prayer to our loving Father. So, so it is with our prayer life, and so it is with our relationship with God. And so let's read this model prayer together. Look at verse 9, and if you wouldn't mind, let's just read it out loud together 
Jesus said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Let's pray it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We find ourselves today at that little part of the prayer that says, forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who are debtors to us or those who trespass against us. I think we could say it even more bluntly, forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. And we're going to see this morning the teachings of Jesus kind of weave together to show us that forgiveness is a flow from God to us, but it should also be a flow from us to others. It's easy for God to forgive. God is perfect and loving and forgiving. But sometimes when we find ourselves needing to ask for forgiveness, sometimes pride will stop us. Sometimes when we find ourselves needing to extend forgiveness, pride will stop us. So forgiveness is an easy thing on God's end, but forgiveness is not always an easy thing on our end. We're only human, and forgiveness is is a tough subject sometimes, but I want us to see what Christ said about forgiveness and things that can clog up our prayer life. So the first thing I thought of was dirt. Dirt. Ever played in the dirt? When I was growing up, I would play with the Tonka trucks in a pile of dirt behind the house, and my uh, uncle gave me a nickname, Bud Mud. So evidently, I like to play in the mud. But dirt can be a fun thing for a child, but dirt can be a bad thing in a lot of ways. Dirt, and I looked at the definition, it's a substance that soils something or, or stains something. It can even ruin something. Now today, if I were to give you a glass of water, how many of you would like for me to put a couple teaspoons of dirt in your water? Anybody, anybody want that? We have some of that available over at the beverage station down in the dining hall. We'll put a little dirt in your beverage if you'd like it. How many times have you worn a new pair of shoes only to maybe park in a field somewhere and get out and step in mud that gets all over the bottoms or the sides or the tops of the shoes? Or worse yet, walk inside to the living room with white carpet and put dirt on the carpet stain. Dirt's not so good when it's staining and and soiling and dirt can even ruin something. A mini little boy has ruined a pair of pants or a, or a shirt because of too much dirt and too many stains. But spiritually speaking, God has given us a remedy that the dirt of sin and the dirt of this life does not have to be our ruin. In 1 John, he tells us that if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. And then there's a second part to that, and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I thank God this morning that we can be forgiven. We can be cleansed from the dirtiness of sin. So the first thing, though, that can clog up our lives as believers, after we have come to Christ, there are times that we sin. There are times that we do wrong things. We sin against God, these actions in our lives. And the Bible teaches us, this prayer teaches us that there should be confession of those sins. There should be contrition about those sins. 
Just because I have come to know Christ as my Lord and Savior does not then give me a license to just live any way I want to live. But thank God it does give me grace that when I do fail or when I do sin, I confess my sins with contriteness and he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me. But if there is unconfessed sin in our lives, then there is dirt in our prayer pipe. And so as I preach this morning, if the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of my heart or your heart and says, there's a sin that we need to deal with, then I say, let's deal with it and open back up that channel of prayer to God. Is that all right this morning? Another thing that can stain us or another dirt that can get in our lives can just be not just sin, but just stuff. Just stuff. And, and I said it a few weeks ago, it's not a sin to have things or stuff. But it is a sin when things or stuff have us. The word we're looking for there is idols. Idols in our hearts. In Old Testament times, it would become very obvious when they would have idols. Because they would take and melt down gold or, or precious stones or etc. And they would build an idol and then they would worship that visible idol. Today, it's not as easy to maybe notice that there might be idolatry in our heart. But if there are things or people or activities that we place a higher regard for than God, then those things are idols in our heart. And those things will clog up our prayer life. The third thing or dirt that can, that can separate our prayer life or hinder our prayer life is secret motives. Secret motives, or, or saying it this way, having the wrong motive behind what we do and say. Can I preach to us this morning that it is possible for me to do the right thing, but to do it for the wrong reasons? And if I do the right thing for the wrong reason, I just negate everything, don't I? But sometimes we need to search our hearts and say, God, why am I doing what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this for, am I, am I doing this good deed so that I'll be recognized? Am I doing this good deed for applause and, and accolades and pats on the back? Or am I doing this because I love you? And so sometimes a good motive check will go a long ways for each of us. Why do we live the way we live? Why are we doing what we're doing? Ultimately, everything that we do and everything we say should all tie back to bringing honor and blessing and glory to God. That's why we're here. That is why God created us to worship him and honor him. And so I ask us this morning, when we go to work tomorrow, let's do it for his glory. When we talk to someone tomorrow, let's, let's show love because we love him and he's loved us. What are our motives behind what we're doing? So we talked a little bit about dirt, but the next thing I want to talk about is debris. Debris. I had to look that up and make sure I knew how to spell that. Debris. Looks like debris. Debris. But can you, can you see there on the, on the screen, we see water, but yet we see debris in the middle of that water. Let me try to say it this way. I watched this one time just watching a, a river in real life and, and some, some debris and things that were 
building there. And as something would float by, a lot of times it would get caught on that debris and it would go no further. And it would start clogging up the river even more. Now, I want to try to make a point here this morning. The Bible tells us to guard against every root of bitterness that would try to get into our lives. Basically, pluck those things out of of there. Deal with those offenses. Deal with those things as much in real time as we can. Because here's what happens. If a bitterness and an unforgiveness gets lodged in my heart and in my life, it starts to spread. It starts to take further root. And then here's what happens. It becomes, I promise you, it becomes easier for me to get offended by something else or someone else. When maybe years ago I wouldn't have. So when we see this river, if I had just dropped one piece of debris in that river and it was floating down an open river, it would have kept on going and maybe life would have moved on. But there's so much debris, it's stopping. And so maybe a little thing that would have floated on by is now getting caught and that debris is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm afraid if we're not careful, we'll allow that to happen in our lives. We'll have, we'll have an unforgiving attitude towards one person or one area. And if we're not careful, the next offense will come along and it'll grab a hold right there. And it doesn't float on down the screen or the stream rather. And it continues to grow and grow and grow. And unforgiveness can take over our lives Unforgiveness can ruin our relationships, not just with the person that we haven't forgiven, but with other people. I promise you, it's a bitterness that we must get out of our hearts and our lives. Look at Mark eleven twenty five. Jesus said this, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Everybody say forgive that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Jesus also said it this way, that if I cannot forgive others their trespasses, he cannot forgive me mine. That's biblical. The flow of forgiveness, God to us, us to others. And, and what I'm preaching this morning is, is maybe tough Sometimes it's easy for us to come in here after we've just had this wonderful worship and we felt the presence of God and, and we're all together and we're loving each other. And it's easy for us right now to say, yes, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. But let's be honest, when the rubber meets the road, it's not always that easy. But God gives us grace and he helps us and it's the right thing to do. And sometimes what God calls us to do is not the easy task. He gave me forgiveness, and I didn't deserve it. He extended mercy and forgiveness to me, knowing that I would sin and fail him many more times in the future, but yet he forgave me. And if he forgave me, how dare am I, who am I to not forgive someone else? We must forgive An unforgiving attitude will will hinder our prayer life. It will hinder our relationship with God. It'll even hinder the forgiveness that we so desperately need from God. Let me talk about another debris this morning that's in that stack on the screen. Look at Malachi 3.8. Here's another debris that can hinder 
our prayer lives. Unforgiveness, but also unwilling to give, holding on to things too tightly. Malachi said this, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He said, in tithes and offerings. Now think about that scripture this morning. God has called us to be givers. He has has laid out principles in his word of, of tithing and giving. And if we are not practicing those things, don't you think that hinders our relationship with God and our prayer life with God? Look with me at Proverbs 21 and 13 as I expand on that that concept of, of unwilling to forgive. Here in the proverb, it said, whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. God has called us to, to give. So an unforgiving attitude is a debris. An unwillingness to give is a debris that can clog up our prayer life and our relationship with God. And thirdly, unfair treatment of others. Unfair treatment of others is a debris that can clog up our prayer life. If I'm constantly just giving everybody a piece of my mind, first and foremost, I'm going to run out pretty quickly. But secondly, when I go to God and I begin to pray to him, is there an open channel there? Is God really pleased if I'm blasting everybody and cranky with everybody and, and, and not treating people the way that Christ treats me? That becomes a debris, that becomes a barrier in our prayer lives. It's important that we live out the principles that, the, that God has set up in the, in the Bible. Love one another, forgive one another, be patient with each other, be kind to each other. Again, I know, I know that we could sit here and think these are not always easy things to do. I look around this room and I see a, a large group of people who are easy to love and, and easy to, to be patient with and easy to be kind with, but everybody we encounter out there is not like that. But many of the people who aren't like that need it the most because hurt people are the ones that hurt people. And so we come in contact with hurt people all the time and may we show them love and kindness. Maybe they, may they see the difference that comes from being a child of God. It also translates into our family and how we treat each other in the family context. 1 Peter 3, 7 says this, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of God, watch this, that your prayers may not be hindered. It's important how we treat our children and our parents and our spouses and and our family members that our prayers would not be hindered. Christ is the model of all this. Christ is the model of all this. As we find our conclusion, conclusion this morning, it boils down to that. Christ is our model. What did he do when he was hanging on the cross after he had been betrayed, denied, beaten, carried across all the way to Calvary, hanging on a cross, crown of thorns on his head, blood dripping from his bruised and beaten body, he made these words. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
Christ is not teaching us something this morning through the model prayer and through all these scriptures that we've explored. Christ is not teaching us something this morning that he hasn't done himself. But in fact, he has done it with perfection. He lived a perfect life, a sinless life. He lived a forgiving life. And even today, those who may have rejected his salvation, rejected his name, cursed his name, the vilest sinner, if they'll truly come to Christ in repentance, he'll forgive them. Isn't that a beautiful thought? No one is too far. No one has gone too far. If there's still breath and if the Holy Spirit is drawing them, there's still hope that they can be saved and changed. Christ will forgive. What happened with the thief on the cross? He, one mocked, but one looked over at Christ and Christ said to him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And I tell us this morning, Forgiveness is still extended from Christ. He is our model of forgiveness. So my final slide, my final point this morning, I called it this, the forgiveness flow. You see here there's no dirt. You see here there's no debris. But the water is moving. And I say in our hearts and in our lives, I want the water, so to speak, the Holy Spirit to be moving in my life. How about you? I say, Lord, I want your spirit, your presence to flow in me and through me. In me to meet my needs, but through me to help somebody else. I want that flow of your Holy Spirit. And it starts from the forgiveness flow. It starts by saying, God, I have a contrite heart. God, I want to confess that I have sinned. God, even as a Christian, I have sinned. There's some things I want to confess to you and I'm sorry for. Let your Holy Spirit flow through me with greater effectiveness. You see, confession, repentance is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. And after we have that time of repentance and then he brings a time of refreshing and the Holy Spirit can flow anew in our hearts and in our lives. That forgiveness flow. What is that forgiveness flow, pastor? It's this. God's forgiveness to me, my forgiveness to others. God's forgiveness to me, my forgiveness to others. And then just press repeat until death do us part. God's forgiveness to me and my forgiveness to others. Because as long as I'm in this world, I'm going to need his forgiveness. And as long as I'm in this world, there are going to be times I'm going to need to extend his forgiveness. And I say, God, through the help of the Holy Spirit, put your forgiveness flow in me. Let your Holy Spirit flow fresh in my life. On my part, it's an act of the will, willpower. Important point right here. I can forgive someone, but that feeling may not come. I don't forgive based on feeling. I forgive based on a decision. Hear that on my willpower. I decide that I'm going to forgive someone because Christ has forgiven me, so I'm going to forgive them. That feeling may not immediately go away, 
That hurt may not immediately go away, but what do I do? I keep walking in that conscious decision that Christ has forgiven me, so I'm going to forgive them. And a funny thing happens. After a while, as I continue to will it, eventually I will feel it. Eventually that feeling will come and God will give me peace. I promise you that. I have experienced it in my own life. But first, we just will it. We just grit up, so to speak, and say, I'm going to forgive because Christ has forgiven me. and I'm not going to hang on to this. I'm walking away from this. And when that feeling keeps propping up, I say, by the act of my willpower and by the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm continuing to forgive. And eventually that feeling of forgiveness will come. But we forgive based not on feelings, but on a conscious decision. So the forgiveness is an act of my will, but thank God it's also an act of His grace. I could never forgive myself. I could never atone for my trespasses myself. I could never atone for my sins myself. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ by the act of His grace. I am saved by grace through faith. So I decide over here, but then God sends his grace to help my decision for salvation. I decide over here that I'm going to forgive others, and then God sends his grace to help me do that. And God always honors his word. So I say to us this morning, if we step out today and we say, I want to accept Christ and be forgiven, God will honor his word. I say to us this morning, if we, if we respond to this word today to say, I'm going to forgive someone that I need to forgive, God will help us do that and he will honor his word. Would you stand with me this morning? If the praise team would come and share a selection with us. So I just say this. Get, get rid of the dirt. Get rid of the debris. And let the Holy Spirit flow.